0: Start off with word prayer. Uh, Brother Beavers, would you open some word prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's turn on hymn number 229. 229. Let's turn back to hymn number 178. Hymn number 178, Jesus loves evil me. when he died on Calvary, he gave his life for fallen men. His love love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. His His love is an endless love that will last through all eternity. Jesus wants to love you, there is none above you, you are precious in his sight. He will never fail you, when the doubts assail you, he'll be with you day and night. His love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. There is an endless love that will last through all eternity.
1: Amen. It's good to um, be in the Lord's house tonight, have each one of you here, and to be here while it's still light outside. That's pretty cool. Um, so, praise the Lord for that. Got a few things I uh, want to take care of as we get started. First of all, teens, if you're going Friday night, don't forget you need to bring your form with you. If you haven't already turned that in, it needs to be signed by mom and dad, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, one of them. I have a thank you card, and um, got a little note inside. It says, Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, thank you so much for your gift of $200 to our ministry. We look forward to what God is going to do in the city of Portland, the Lear family. And so this is the family. It says, thank you for your gift to our ministry. I want to apologize for the delay in this thank you note. I had planned to send them out the beginning of February, but the month was a lot busier than we originally thought. The night of Sunday, February 5th, we started back home from Yuma, Arizona, and arrived in Salem, Oregon on February 8th. I mentioned how we were expecting baby number six in March, or at least hoping to make it to March. Well, God thought our baby should come earlier, and on Sunday morning, February 12th, Danelle Kinsley was born. We praise the Lord for a smooth delivery and a healthy baby girl. Though this was earlier than we wanted, it was, has been nice to have the last couple of weeks to rest and adjust to the new baby before starting back to deputation. God's timing is always best. Thanks again uh, for your desire to help in reaching Portland, Oregon with the gospel. We're at 50% support, and we're still aiming to start the church October of 2023. If there's any city in the U.S. that needs the gospel, it's Portland, Oregon, right? And so I'm glad to be a part of that. That was a thank you letter from Brother Slate. Uh, Dear Brother Metzinger, overwhelmed. That's about all I know to say. You and your church family were so kind to Carol and I this past weekend. Though we've only known each other for a relatively short time, I already highly value our friendship. Pray that God... We'll continue to knit our hearts as we serve him and follow his call in our life. I want to thank you for the nice room that was provided for us, the box of goodies presented to my wife, the expense checks, and the more than generous love offering towards our mission trip to Germany. By the way, I saw that they booked that, and uh, so praise the Lord for that. They got the money they needed. They've got it all booked. Our plan is to spend two weeks in Germany in October. We'll spend most of the time with missionaries Bill and Seth Richards. Bill has been in Germany for about 45 years. Seth was raised in Germany. Both men have planted German-speaking churches that I've been privileged to preach in previously. I look forward to visiting their congregation soon. I pray that upon our return, God will allow us the opportunity to give a report to your church. Thank you again for your kindness and support. Sincerely yours, Claude Slate. It's a blessing to have the Slates with us. And then this is a really hard one. Uh, Evidently, this came in on Saturday. It didn't come into my mailbox till Sunday. Uh, I saw it Sunday evening, or I would have shared it on Sunday. It says, Dear friends and supporters, it's with heavy hearts that we write to inform you of the passing of our beloved missionary, Reverend Quadro Asamoah, who passed away unexpectedly on March 7, 2023, in Akira, Ghana, After a brief illness, we know that he touched the lives of so many of you and wanted to make sure that you were aware of this tragic news. As a family, we are deeply saddened by Quadro's sudden departure from this world, though we take comfort in the fact that he lived a life of service and dedication to spreading the love of Christ to people around the world. He was always willing to go the extra mile to help those in need, and his tireless efforts made a significant impact on the communities he served. I want to express our gratitude to all of you who supported Quadro throughout his ministry. Your prayers and encouragement, financial contributions made it possible for him to do the work that he loves so much. We know that Quadro cherished uh, each and every one of you and considered you to be part of his extended family. We ask that you keep the Osmo family uh, in their church in your prayers and thoughts during this time. In Guamanian culture, it is common to hold a week-long, one-week family mourning event close to the passing of a loved one, and then a traditional funeral service months later. We will be sure to keep his uh, sending churches updated on the arrangements that will be held in honor of Quadro's life and legacy. Once again, thank you for your support, love, friendship. We know that Quadro's work will continue to inspire and touch the lives of many in the years to come with heartfelt gratitude, the Asamoah family. And uh, I remember taking Brother Asamoah on. I was at a fellowship meeting. Uh, He was presented, and he was trying to get back to Ghana. And uh, he didn't have time to come by, so we just took him on. That's not a common way we do it, but we've been known to do it through the years. And so took him on. And uh, they were on the field probably four or five years before they ever came back and reported to the church here. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's been good to be a part of their ministry. I bet you we've uh, supported them for 20-plus years as they've been over there in uh, Ghana serving the Lord. Uh, our normal thing that we do is to send 6 months' support at the passing of uh, someone like this. And so... Uh, I'd like to make a motion that we send six-month support, Brother Bob Second, All in favor, aye. Anyone opposed? Uh, That'll help them with the burial and so forth. Uh, So remember to pray for the family. And then we have a youth rally coming up on Friday night, and the new youth pastor has failed desperately. And so if you want to fire him, he's ready to be fired as youth director. But uh, not as pastor, just youth director, okay? Um, they uh, Faith Baptist is where we're going And they have a list of uh, the way that they want the kids to dress So I got parents here, I got kids here uh, And this is what they did last year So it's no new thing It's a lot what we do in going to camp So that's no new thing uh, I think kids uh, with Shawnee always safe when just assuming camp dress Okay um, but I'm gonna li- I'm gonna read you the list so there's no uh, idea that oh well it, you know it really doesn't mean that this is what it says okay no sleeveless no sleeveless see-through low-cut or form-fitting clothes okay boys I just wanted to get that out right right front uh, shirts need to cover the midriff and back at all times nothing as gross as a boy you know with anyhow. Um, clothing should not have any questionable pictures or writing. Young ladies, culottes, skirts, and dresses must be below the knee. Slits in the skirts or dresses should also be below the knee. We prefer young ladies not to wear pants, capris, gauchos, shorts of any kind. Young men, please no shorts of any kind, collared shirts, or dress clothes should be worn for the service. And, um, so that's that. Okay, uh, I read it to you, you know it, and uh, so. Uh, I know it won't be an issue. Never is an issue, but since I hadn't covered it in depth with the kids, I just wanted to cover it so they could say that I'd covered it. Okay. Job. Job chapter 20. We're gonna Job 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24. And we're not gonna read all of it uh, because we'll be here extremely long time. That's over 15 pages. In my notes, just the scripture. And so I'll be giving you highlights. You want to take some notes, uh, some things you want to go back and uh, read. Um, but I want to begin reading verse number one of uh, chapter 20. Then answered Zephora, the Naamanite and said, Therefore do my thoughts cause me to answer, and for this I make haste. I have heard the check of my reproach. And the spirit of my understanding causeth me to answer. Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but a moment? Though his excellency mount up to the heavens, and his head reach unto the clouds, yet he shall perish forever like his own dung. They shall have seen him, shall say, Where is he? He shall fly away as a dream and shall not be found. Yea, he shall be chased away as a vision of the, of the night. The eye also which saw him shall see him no more. Neither shall his place any more behold him. His children shall seek to please the poor. And his hands shall restore their goods. His bones are full of the sin of his youth, which shall lie down with him in the dust. Though wickedness uh, be sweet. In his mouth, though he hide it under his tongue, though he spare it and forsake it not, but keep it, it shall be, within his mouth. Yet his meat in his bowels is turned, it is gall and asp within him. He has swallowed down riches, and he shall vomit them up again. God shall cast them out of his belly. He shall suck the poison of asp, and the viper's tongue shall slay him. He shall uh, not see the rivers, the floods, the brooks of honey and butter that which he labored for shall he restore and shall not swallow it down. According to his substance shall the restitution be and he shall not rejoice therein. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your love to us. We thank you for the opportunity tonight to be in your house and worship you. We pray to God that You'd be honored and glorified through our time together this evening as we look here uh, into the book of Job, as we try to gain insight for our own understanding, our own growth. uh, Might you just meet with us this night and teach us your word and spur us even to a deeper relationship with you. Thank you for this time together. We'll give you the honor and glory and praise for what you do. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So the first thing we notice is Zephora's denunciations. Now, this is like round two, okay? He's done this once before. Uh, Matter of fact, all these guys here in in these chapters, they've done this already once. It's kind of like round two. Uh, They're going to present more denunciations against Job. Uh, I believe it is their thought that Job is at fault here. It's something that he has done. And so Zephora starts out, and uh, he is... Uh, talking about the fact that life is short, uh, that the wicked die, and, of course, the saved die also, right? Uh, And so Zephora returns to his theme of describing the sad fate of the wicked. Here in verses 21 through uh, through 29, the first three, uh, we see that Zephora feels insulted by Job's rebuke. And then in verses 4 through 29, he returns to this theme of describing the sad fate of the wicked, which we read most of. That brings us to our second point, which is Job's defense. Uh, Job's defense, chapter 21. I find chapter 21 to be awfully interesting. I'd like to spend a little bit of time and, and read that chapter to you. Uh, it starts off with Job's defense, and this is the entire chapter of chapter 21. It talks about the wicked will prosper in verses 1 through 18. It seems to Job that the more wicked people are, the more they prosper. Have you ever felt that way? Well, you don't have to raise your hands. I've felt that way before. seems like the wicked just run willy-nilly, and they have everything they want, and everything seems great. Just, just remember that that's the closest thing they get to having heaven. That's going to be the closest they get is by having the stuff of this world that breaks down, okay? And uh, it's short-lived the enjoyment that they're going to have is short-lived. It's only a lifetime. And a lifetime is but a vapor. It is here and then it's gone. Uh, We, as children of God, ours is for all of eternity. We're working towards the big picture, not the small picture. And the people of the world, they work towards the small picture. And so uh, the wicked prosper, verses 1 through 18. And uh, then in verses 19 through 21, uh, talks about they don't punish their their children. Job rejects the theory that justice is served when the children of the ungodly are punished. And then death comes uh, to the good and bad alike, verses 22 through 26. The same fate eventually awaits all people good, bad, rich, or poor, and Job was right on with that thinking. And then no guarantee of justice in this life. You know, if if you're waiting for justice about certain things, you may not see it in this lifetime. It may be God, the righteous judge, who is the one who actually judges those things uh, in, on his own part when, he, when we get to heaven. So verse number tw- uh, chapter number 21 says, But Job answered and said, Hear diligently my speech, and let this be your consolation. Suffer me that I may speak, and after that I have spoken, mock on. As for me is my complaint to man, and if it were so, why should not my spirit be troubled? Mark me and be astonished, and lay your hand upon your mouth. Even when I remember, I am afraid and trembling, take hold on my flesh. Wherefore do the wicked live, become old, yea, are mighty in power. Their seed is established in their sight with them, and their offspring before their eyes." Their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull gendered and faileth not. Their cows calve and cast not her calf. They, in other words, it seems like everything they do is good, okay? And Job was a, a rancher and he, he understood uh, the importance of uh, a good bull uh, performing his job. He understood the importance of... a. Uh, cow carrying the calf and all that was carried on there. And he said, it seems like the wicked that they never lose any cows or calves or everything goes good for them. Then send forth their little ones like a flock and their children dance. They take the tremble and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore, they say unto God, depart from us. For we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray unto him? Lo, their good is not in their hand. The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How oft is the candle of the wicked put out? And how oft cometh their destruction upon them? God distributeth sorrows in his anger. They are as stubble before the wind. And as chaff that the storm carrieth away, God layeth up his iniquity for his children, he rewardeth him, and he shall know it, his eyes shall see his destruction, and he shall drink of the wrath of the Almighty. For what pleasure hath he in his house after him, when the number of his months is cut off in the midst? And so he's talking about the fact that, you know, you're gonna die, and when you die, that's it. There's there's nothing else. You might enjoy the riches of this world. You might live a life of grandeur. And you might enjoy everything that this world has to offer. But there comes a point, it's over, it's done. You die. You've taken your last breath. Then you go to eternal punishment. Where with the child of God, we may suffer here on this earth. We may not have all the niceties and all the great things around us. But we have one that sticketh closer in the brother. His name is Jesus and he is always with us. And so we have his word to guide us and to help us. And we, we can live our lives for his honor and glory. And when we die, we step into the riches unknown to this world. They far supersede the riches of this world. And they are going to be ours as we go to heaven. Now, God is the judge. Verse number 22. Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are high? One dieth in his full strength being holy, at ease, and quiet. His breasts are full of milk, and his bones are moistened with marrow, and after death, in the bitterness of his soul, he never eateth with pleasure. They shall lie down alike in the dust, and the worms shall cover them. So you you can live the nicest life, you can enjoy the great things this world, eat the best food, drink the best stuff, but when you die, you become worm food. Well, do. unless we go in the rapture, that'd be the way I prefer to go. But uh, God keeps telling his coming, I may have to go to a death route. But it's good to know that when we go to death route, we just step from this world to one far superior uh, in all that we are looking forward to. And so he dieth, and he dies, and he is found to be nothing but uh, food, worm food, the worm's destroy. Uh, Uh, destroying the body, decaying the body. Verse number 31, Who shall declare his way to his face, and who shall repay him what he hath done? Yet shall he be uh, brought to the grave, and shall remain in the tomb. The clods of the valley shall be sweet unto him, and every man shall draw after him, as there are innumerable before him. How they comfort ye me in vain, seeing in your answers there remaineth falsehood." So life is short, and when we're gone, we're gone, and we will, we will soon be forgotten. We'll soon be forgotten. Now, some of you grew up when Hitler ruled and reigned. I didn't, but I learned about Hitler in school. They don't teach that anymore in school. They don't teach the atrocities that were leveled against the Jewish people. They don't teach that because we're so woke nowadays, that was like all fairy tales of make-believe. I'll tell you what, God marked it down. Man can rewrite history and rewrite everything, and uh, you know, those who were peers of Hitler at that time, uh, your grandparents, my grandparents, um, they're gone. Our lives have moved on, right? it It just seems like you know, we live so so hard to make an impact on the world in which we live, but our life will soon be over. And we'll find that it was like a breath. It was so quick, so fleeting. Here and then gone. All we can do is, is choose Christ as our Lord and Savior and then live for Him. The ungodly, they step into eternity where judgment awaits them and final punishment and we as children of God step into eternity accepting a judgment of sorts but knowing that we'll never be separated from our Savior. Our works will be tried by fire. And then we'll spend eternity in heaven glorifying and praising our Savior. When you stack it up, I'm glad I get to glorify and praise my Savior because he's done so much for me. The third thing we see tonight is Elipaz's denunciations. So Zephara, he had his. Eliphaz, he's got his. Uh, Here in chapter 22, Eliphaz begins the third round of rebukes towards Job. So here we are on the third round, and he starts off in verses 1 through 30, and he's basically saying, your guilt has no limit. Eliphaz accuses Job of endless sin. Isn't it amazing how... um, Bad things can happen to good people and, quote unquote, other good people look at it and all of a sudden they're sitting as judge and jury. Uh, They begin to spread gossip, gossip and lies and they've got their own idea of why that happened and why that's happening to them. Well, that's happening to them because of this and because of this and because of this. When the truth of the matter is God may be wanting to do something in that person's life, to help them to grow, to be more like Christ, and he's allowed these things to come into their life, to shape them and to mold them, and he's allowed it to happen in our life, to shape us and mold us, that we might become more caring, that we might pray for one another as we should, that we might lift one another up and help them carry the heavy burden that lies before them. but. Elipaz, he was just on the route that Job, you're just a rotten sinner, you you sin endlessly all the time. Letter B is a list of possible sins, verses six through eleven. Elipaz lists examples of sin that Job must have had committed to incite God to punish him. So if you ever want a list of good sins, uh, that was. Level, uh, leveled against Job, you can go right there and you can find them. You think God doesn't see you? in Verses 21 through 30, el says that Job must think that God does not see or care about what he does. But I want you to know God does see and God does care. And then in verses 21 through 30, el says, Job, you need to repent and be restored. I think that was probably one of the first things that Job did. Well, God, if there's something wrong between you and me, I want to make this right. I want to get it taken care of. I want to settle it. And Yet here's El Elpaz calling him a dirty, rotten sinner and that there's no hope for him. And what he needs to do is uh, repent and be restored. I think we need to always be careful. And I think that uh, Job right here, these chapters that we're in, that Job right here gives us a good idea of how not to help somebody in their time of need. I think natural man is uh, pushing, elevating these guys to come and to say, and they're, they quote-unquote are standing in the place of God passing this judgment, but the truth of the matter is they're missing it because we can see the inside. We know what's happening. And these guys, they're standing there in their own selves, and they're, they're trying to say that these are the reasons because you're a dirty, rotten sinner, and you need to quit sinning, you need to be restored when... We know as we study the scripture here that Job was a man who sought after God's heart and wanted to be right with the Lord. And we see Job's defense. Chapter 23 and chapter 24, Job begins to respond less to Elphaz and more directly to God himself. Where can I find God? Verses 1 through 9. Job longs to find God and to plead his case before him. He talks about being tested like gold in verses 10 and 12 there of chapter 23. He, he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, and his way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He had a right relationship with God. He was seeking to please the Lord with his life and with, his, with all of his living. And then, thirdly, we see that God will do as he pleases. Verses 13 through 14, Job acknowledges that God's degree, decree concerning his life will be carried out regardless of what anyone says or what anyone does. God has a plan, and God's going to work his plan, and all we can do is just be yielded to it. Why aren't the ungodly judged? Chapter 24, 1 through 17. Job cannot understand why God allows the unrighteous to go unpunished. And then verses 18 through 25. Fallen in a flash and forgotten, Job admits that the wicked do not last long. Job, in the midst of his struggles, in the midst of his trials, he looked out, he saw the lost around him. He thought, man, they've got it easy. There's no judgment upon them and I'm facing these issues and this problem but Job had God to turn to the ungodly did not he is our help he is our ever needful help in time of trouble and let's not forget it in our time of need we can turn to him Lord Jesus I love you and I thank you for the time together this evening thank you for your word and its preciousness in our lives we pray to God that You would work your work in our lives and our hearts. We find ourselves in the midst of struggles and trials. God, might we just turn to you, realizing that you are in charge of our lives, those things that come into them. Might we just serve you faithfully. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen.